today I want to share with you for a few brief moments on a message called, What Do You Mean? Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and you thought to yourself, what do you mean? That doesn't even make sense. Have you ever heard something or read something and you thought, what does that even mean? You know how everything these days comes with a warning label. Everything has a warning label and it usually doesn't make any sense or it's so obvious that you think, why do you even have to say that? There's, my daughter has a, a Razor scooter that she rides around the driveway. We nicknamed it Scoot Scoots. So she gets on Scoot Scoots and she rides Scoot Scoots all around the driveway. And that Razor scooter has a warning on it. And it says, this product moves when used. Like, okay. Do you know the Apple iPod? You know, the Apple, of course, it's an image of an apple. But the Apple iPod actually has a warning that says, do not eat. Like just in case you were having a hankering for an apple, don't eat your iPod. <laughs> um, there's a sleeping pill, Nitol sleeping pill actually has a warning on it that says do not use while sleeping. Okay, I, I don't even know why they had to put that. For those of you that wash your hair, no offense, but for those of us that wash our hair, you know, he gets so jealous when my daughters complain about their hair. If they're having a bad hair day, like, Daddy, my hair, my hair won't turn out. He just says, well, you have hair. He, gets, he does not like hair comments in our household. But for those of us that do wash our hair, on the shampoo bottle, it says the directions say, lather, rinse, and what? Repeat. Well, how many times am I supposed to repeat it? What do you mean? Lather, rinse, repeat. How many times? What do you mean? If you have read any of Jesus' teachings in the New Testament, oftentimes people in his day, I'm sure, were saying, what in the world does Jesus mean? That doesn't even make sense. That sounds so crazy. What does he mean? So this morning, I want to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan because it causes some people to say, what did he mean about that? I'm sure you're familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan. We hear it all the time. Uh, even the media always talks about Good Samaritans helping people. You hear that phrase often. But maybe you haven't looked at the scripture like I hope we can look at it today. So go with me to Luke chapter 10. You can follow along on the screen if you'd like to. But one day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus. Now, this was a lawyer. He was also an expert in religious law. He stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, Well, you're the expert. What does the law say? What does the law of Moses say? So the man responds with what he thinks are the most important from the law. So the man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus said, do this and you will live. Just do that and you will live. So I can imagine the lawyers thinking, oh, okay, that's, that's kind of hard to do, Jesus. I, I feel like he started to process like, whoa, that, maybe I should have picked an easier law. I don't know, that, that, that's a tough one. And so the man, Scripture says, wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Like, okay, Jesus, technically speaking, who is my neighbor? 
So now Jesus does what he often did. He tells you a story, and then he's going to come back and ask him a question. So he tells a parable. He says, a Jewish man, remember that this was a Jewish man, that's important to note. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but we know the story. He saw the man lying there, and he crossed to the other side of the road, and he passed him by. Then it says a temple assistant came. Now, this was actually a Levite. So when the Levite comes by, all of the Jews that are listening to Jesus tell this parable, they're at attention. They're thinking, oh, surely the Levite's going to stop, and the Levite will have compassion, and he'll help this man. But Scripture says the Levite looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. I can imagine the Jews that are listening are thinking, mm, that's kind of weird. Verse 33, then a despised Samaritan came along. Now, this is what you may not know. This is when the story gets interesting because you want to talk about racial tension. Uh, prejudice was at an all-time high. It was at a fever pitch during this time. The Samaritans were a marginalized people group. They were hated. People hated the Samaritans. They thought their existence, many people thought, the Samaritans' existence was just not even needed. They should go all back to Samaria. The Samaritans were a hated people group. So when Jesus brings up this name, I can imagine those listening were thinking, oh, yeah, the Samaritan. He'll just walk by, but he'll probably spit on the Jewish man as he walks by. But that's not what happens. Back to Scripture. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He took him to an inn where he took care of him overnight. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins. This actually was the equivalent of three days' wages. And so he tells the innkeeper, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher, I'll pay it next time I'm here. So in typical Jesus fashion, he spins the question back to the lawyer now. And he says, now, which of these three men are the neighbor? So I can imagine the lawyer kind of is hanging his head a little bit now. And he's the one who showed him mercy. What? what? I, I couldn't hear you. The one who showed him mercy. He couldn't even say the Samaritan man. And so Jesus says, yes, now go and do the same. Now go and do the same. Can you imagine the lawyer's jaw dropping? Uh, go and do the same. What do you even mean? Like, can, can I get some fine print on what my neighbor is? Like, like if they're mean to me, if they talk bad about me, or if they, if they you know, do something to my fence line, or, or who's my neighbor? If they judge me, can I just be off the hook with this whole neighbor business? Because let's be honest, sometimes loving God is a lot easier than loving each other, than loving people. Sometimes people can just be mean. Anybody experience any mean people lately? Yes, there's some mean people out there. So keep in mind that it was a Jewish man that was attacked in our story. And now the Jewish man is being bandaged up by a Samaritan whom he hates. So he's laying there on the ground thinking, I hate this man. He shouldn't even exist. And yet here is the man who is bandaging him up and taking care of him. So you can imagine the religious leaders of the day like sucking air, like... <gasps> What is Jesus even saying? And that's what religious people do in this day. 
what are they even doing? Who do they think they are? Yeah, they're a nice person, but do you know that they did this and that and the other thing? Oh yeah, they say they're a Christian, but I saw them doing this and da 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 da. Do you know Oasis Church has a gym? They have a gym. And if you go in there, they don't always play Christian music. Can you believe that? Listen, I agree there's got to be balance, but come on. If I want to go in the city center and I want to hear Cool and the gang telling me to celebrate good times, come on. I'm going to celebrate good times. It's okay. It's okay. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, says Jesus. Just do that. Just do that. Every day, all day, all the time. Just do that. What? What do you even mean? How can we even do that? So sometimes what happens in church world is we hear a story like this and we get all jazzed and excited and, and, and you're ready to go change the world and now you're going to make it your life's mission to, to go out and find everyone that hates you and you're going to love them like they've never been loved before and you're going to call yourself some really cool Christian name like God's secret Samaritan angels or God's secret Samaritan soldiers or something cool like that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. We should emulate that. But we can't always, all day, every day, all the time. Because what happens when the hype and the excitement of this new charge wears off? We begin to do things out of religious obligation and not out of a love for our Savior that calls us to do the things. Listen, it's not easy. When was the last time you were berated, you were belittled, you were hated, and you thought to yourself, hmm, I want to help this person so much, I'm going to put a week's worth of my income towards doing it. And then I'm going to do it again and again and again at lather, rinse, repeat. Over and over and over. But, you know, we say, well, Jesus said, this is what Jesus said to do it. So I'm going to do it. This is what loving Jesus looks like. It's so hard. And now I'm broke. I've got no money because I took care of everybody that hates me. I'm so rejected because they're all so mean. And so now I'm so sad. But I love Jesus. I'm a good Samaritan. I pray, praise God. He's so good. <laughs> right? But hang on a minute. Hang on, because the next scene is so conflicting, super conflicting. Directly after this passage on loving our neighbor and, and getting out there and, and loving like Jesus and doing and, and doing, a few verses down have us in a living room with Mary and Martha where Jesus is telling us to do the exact opposite. So go with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, just a few verses down from where we just read. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. So she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister sits here while I do all the work? I know Martha had to be the oldest sister because us, old, us oldest siblings, right, we just get down. We take care of business, right? And so, he, so Mary saying, uh, Martha saying, Lord, tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary's just discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. 
So we leave the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now we're in the living room, and who looks like the Good Samaritan now? Certainly not Mary. She's just like all creative and like, la, 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 of Jesus. And then we're like, it's fine, Mary, you're good. We'll, we'll reach the whole world. We'll love all those that hate us. We'll save all the souls. We'll build a church. It's fine, Mary, just stay there. You're good. You're fine. So Martha, she's not happy about the situation. She says, Jesus, I could use some help here. Can you tell my sister to start doing? Martha's feeling like the Good Samaritan. I'm just over here bandaging up everybody's wounds. I'm just doing all the work over here. Could you send my sister to help me? So I'm, I'm supposed to be doing, I'm the Good Samaritan. I'm helping, I'm helping, I'm doing. But now you're telling Mary she's doing the right thing. What do you mean, Jesus? What do you mean? Two totally conflicting passages, or so it would seem. But you know, the more that I've been studying this passage this week, I'm realizing that I don't think the proposal and the story of the Good Samaritan is that we go and we do everything. Jesus obviously is showing us something that's clearly impossible to do. Because remember, the lawyer starts off with, how do I have eternal life? And, 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 and he says, I have to love the Lord my God with all my heart and all my soul and all my strength. And I've got to love my neighbor. And Jesus says, yeah, do that. But Jesus knew that the lawyer he was speaking to does not have the capacity to live like that all the time. Finding people all the time, spending his resources all the time. No way, no chance. I don't think the objective in this story is that you aim to be the Good Samaritan all the time. You can try, but you'll be a train wreck because eventually you will um, run out of resources. You will run out of love for people because you will start doing it out of a religious obligation and not out of the love that Mary was experiencing at the feet of Jesus. So you're not the Good Samaritan. I'm not the Good Samaritan. You know who's the Good Samaritan in our story? It's Jesus. Jesus is the Good Samaritan. Listen, he was marginalized. Jesus was hated. He was berated. He was belittled. And yet when he comes upon broken humanity on the side of the road, like you and like me, people that have been stripped in this journey of life and they've been left half dead, like our man in the story, oh, the law can't help. The law couldn't help him and the law can't help you. Religious customs and traditions, they couldn't help. So they have to keep walking by. But when the Son of Man comes on the scene, I said when the Son of Man comes on the scene, he begins to wind up your wounds. He begins to pour his oil and his wine on you and he restores you and he promises to come back and get you and he takes care of you with his resources forever, forever and forever. Jesus is the Good Samaritan. He's the Good Samaritan. Pat, if you guys would come back, we're gonna close our time out. How in the world do we love like Jesus? How in the world can we possibly love like this good Samaritan? Well, I believe the answer was found in the passage that was just a few verses down. We, we have to pull a Mary. We've gotta pull a Mary. She's sitting at the feet in absolute awe of the love that is right before her in physical form manifesting itself in that living room. Can you even imagine? Every word that's coming out of the mouth of Jesus, she is just soaking in, in amazement. 
as she stares into these eyes that are so strong and so powerful, yet so bright and so peaceful. Can you imagine the love that she is sensing? And she's just like overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, this, this is amazing what I'm feeling right now. It's pure love. And the only way we can ever love like this, Good Samaritan, is if we know how loved we are by Jesus. And it's only in those moments that we sit in awe with him that we will know how loved we are. It's only in those moments where you pause and reflect on how good he's been to you. It's in the pause in the morning when you wake up and you say, Lord, you woke me up today. You're so good. You love me. It's when you look into the eyes of your children that God trusted you with and you say, God, you love me. It's when you watch the sun rise and the sun set and you marvel at his creation. Jesus, you love me. When you go into work and you watch God provide for you week after week, Jesus, you love me. When you go through a circumstance that's so difficult, but yet you go to bed at night with peace in your soul and you know that it's only his peace that's surpassing what you understand. It's Jesus, it's you love me. Did you know that in the New Testament, Jesus gave us a new commandment. How many of you know that you can only make up a new commandment if you authored the first ones? So he puts in a new commandment in John chapter 13. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Where's the power to fulfill this commandment? Where's the power to live like the Good Samaritan? Where's the power to love this world? Where's the power to love your friends and your family when they hurt you and, and, and do things to you that cause pain? Where's the power to love? It's certainly not from your own strength. It's certainly not from your religion. It's certainly not from what you wear or don't wear or if you do your hair or you don't do your hair, you wear makeup or you don't wear makeup or, or how many followers you have on social media. There's no power in any of those things. There is only one source of unconditional love. There's only one place that we can go to for that agape love and it's in this commandment. Look at the answer. Jesus says, love each other, period. Love each other, period. And then he tells you how to do it. Just as I have loved you. Just as I have loved you. How do we love people? We first let God love us. We first have to acknowledge that I'm loved by God. You know, think about the depth of the story because the lawyer is saying, I'm to love the Lord my God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and I'm to love my neighbor but 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 can you imagine in our frailty we say God I, I want to do that I want to love you with all my heart but sometimes my heart gets overwhelmed and I want to love you with all my mind but sometimes my mind wanders off and I want to love you with all my strength but sometimes I'm weak God I can't do it all the time I fail and that's when Jesus says I know I know that's why I came. You see, Jesus came to fulfill the law so that you don't have to. He came to fulfill it so you don't have to. 
If we could get this truth on the inside of our hearts, we would stop striving for perfection. We would stop striving to fix everything. We would stop striving to do everything in our own strength. And we would know that if the promises of God are yes and they're amen, then they're for me. But I'm not going to receive those promises until I know that I'm loved by God. Listen, if I'm given a gift from somebody that loves me, I can easily accept that gift. If Joey gives me a gift, I accept it because it's, it's easy for me. I know he loves me and I know he's happy to give me that gift. But if somebody I don't know real well gives me a gift, I still take it. Of course. <laughs> but it's a little awkward, isn't it? Because I think, well, wait, you don't, I don't know if you love me, but you're giving me this gift. Do you have motives? I don't really know. It's kind of awkward. But when you know someone loves you and they give you a gift, you take it. You receive it. And furthermore, when that person who loves you is giving you that gift, you want them to see you in that gift, right? If Joey gave me um, a nice outfit, which he knows better than to buy me clothes because he will offend me with what size he buys. He will offend me. <laughs> it will, I'm sorry, unless it's an extra small, do not bring it to my door. I know it won't fit me, but at least that means you think I'm an extra small. But if he were to buy me a gift I could wear, I would want to proudly wear that gift so he would see me in that gift. How much more has God's given us this great gift? Does he want to see you wear his gift? But you're not going to wear that gift if you don't receive that gift. You're not going to receive that gift if you don't know you're receiving it from someone that loves you. So this morning as we stand together and we close our time, I want you to know that as Jesus died on that cross and he said those last words, it is finished. Oh my gosh, all the striving, all the working, all the, oh, I have to obey this law and I have to obey this law and I gotta do this right. And if I don't do that right, oh my gosh, I'm wearing makeup today and oh my gosh, my pants and oh my gosh, I'm this and oh my gosh, I'm that, I can't do it. It's finished, it's finished. It's finished. It's finished. You just get to be you now. You just get to do you. You get to be what God's created you to be and all the love he wants to shower you with this morning.